Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. I'm your host, Nancy Hugo. If you're looking for information on everything about remodeling your home, you've come to the right place. Well, today we're going to talk about living rooms. Some homes don't have a specific living room. It might be a family room, but you will get information on this podcast that you can use in either room. Today, my guest is Annette Kenner. She's an owner of uh, Donner Decker Designs, but she's also an award-winning designer. I've known Annette for, oh, many, many years. I hate to admit how long. Hey, Annette, thanks for joining me. <laughs> You're welcome. We, well, you were two and I was three, so. Oh, yeah, you know. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We used to play in the sandbox together. Yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to get started with the most important questions for a living room and or a family room. And Annette's the expert, so I'm just going to lead with the questions. But first, Annette, even though I've known you since we were in the sandbox, how did you get started in this business? Um, I had a passion for it when I was in high school. And then my mom was um, in the design world. And I just followed in her footsteps. And so I was always um, doing things, helping her, um, learning, you know, just all kinds of different things. And I just, I just kept going. And then I worked for my, I was hired at Lou Register, which was a furniture store to work for my mom. Oh, and then mom used to work there? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and and so and I started working there in ninety one or eighty one, excuse me, and in eighty four, my mom and I started our own business. Well, it's a great business. Everybody knows you. Oh, now if you guys don't know, for the people in Arizona, uh, Annette works out of Scottsdale, but she's mm-hmm. able to go. Do you go out of state? We do go out of state. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to? Oh yeah, with a mask or what? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, kidding. Go, I'm kidding. We go out of we go out of state. Mm-hmm. Well, good. So she's available. In fact, we're working. We're working on one right now that's in um, North Dakota. Oh wow! In the yeah. winter, you have to work in North Dakota. Well, I don't have to go there. Oh, good. <laughs> we're doing it all, um, you know, by email and that's Zoom good. I did a stuff. kitchen in Alaska, and I said I would never go to Alaska. It's too cold. So I did everything by. Uh, email and the, the owners were here so they were helpful obviously oh, but sure we actually bought most of the materials here and then had them shipped to Alaska so that mm-hmm. was interesting well let's get yeah. back to you so okay. like I said in the intro we're going to talk about living rooms but um so how do you decide what you're going to do for a client if they call you and go oh look at our living room we need help what do you do um, we go there, we give a complimentary um, first meeting because so many people don't know what they want. Um, so you go in and you visit with them, you interview, you look around, you start noticing, you know, how worn is the house? How is it tired? Does it just need refreshing? Does it need major work or is it just more of a facelift kind mm-hmm. of thing? Um, I, have, I, I have read where some designers, of course, these are probably the Hollywood gurus, they actually move in with the people because they want to know how they live their life. I mean, is that going a little overboard? 
it's a little overboard living with them, but um, you do need to find out how they live because they'll lie to you. They'll tell you, oh, it's this and this and this. And then you get to know them and it's like, they don't do that. <laughs> so y- you really have to make them feel comfortable so that they let down their guard. You know, we're not judging them. All we're trying to do is find out what things they really need for their home. Um, and sometimes, you know, we have things like health issues that they don't like to talk about, but they kind of skirt around it. And then when you find out what it is, it's like, oh, no, 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 we need to do this for that situation. Sometimes it might be where they need special seating or they need um, something like we can't have steps anymore and we have to figure out a way to get rid of the steps or it might be all you need to really do is just maybe reupholster a chair because Mm -hmm. everything really looks nice. They just don't know what to do with it. And you can move things around and all of a sudden they have a fresh look and they're like, wow, this is so great. You you really just have to get to know the client. Um, Budget is always important. But generally, if you show them what they really need and they like it, the budget kind of goes out the door. Right. They're in control of the budget. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize we don't set the budget as designers. They do. And if they like something that's at a budget, they make the decision, not us. That's right. And we'll guide them and we'll say, you know, I'm sure we can find something different, but, you know, this is where we are right now and this is what that costs. But, you know, we could maybe find something different that's similar or whatever. And we're very sensitive to that because we know that everything adds up really fast. Oh, it certainly does. You know, I mean... And so, and then we always have the supply issue. So there's that too, because sometimes you find the right thing and then it's like, well, that's going to be a 24 week back order. (laughs) And you're like, okay, well, do we wait or do you pick something else? Yeah. I know with appliances, we've run into one year lead time. That's right. By that time, the appliance is old. Right. Right. I mean, and that's a real... That's a real viable situation because we run up against that all the time. We kind of like don't even want to start a remodeling job until pretty much everything's ordered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we have such long lead times. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you don't want to leave the client hanging in a in a open construction site. You want to get in, get it taken care of, and get yeah. it back. Well, in my case, with kitchens and bathrooms, the best thing they can do is move out um, oh, yes. if it's a large project. Yes. Okay. So how do you decide in a living room where the focal point is? Um, It kind of goes back to your interviewing to find out what is important. Is it important for the view? Because view out here is a really big thing. Um, And we have such large windows and big doors and walls that open up into nowhere land. And, you know, it's, it's vastness. So you have TV, you have fireplace, and you have view. Sometimes you can incorporate all of it. Sometimes they're more into the TV. Sometimes they're more into the fireplace. Sometimes they're more into the view. So that kind of tells us how we orient the furniture. Okay, what happens Uh, if their living room has the view of the neighbor across the street? They watch TV in another room and there's no fireplace. 
um, then we'll have to create. Then you create a focal point. Mm -hmm. You create a focal point. Which yeah. is usually what? I, um, I'm going to guess it would say something over the couch. Yeah, it could be just a really neat piece of art. It might be um, something sculptural, textural for on the wall. It mm -hmm. might be, um, you might even open up a wall because you say, you know what, if we do this, you're going to gain this and you're going to gain that. And it might be something that they never, ever even thought about. And then all of a sudden they have this incredible room that they never even knew was possible. So it's a lot of talking with the people. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. Right. Because, mm -hmm. you know, again, I run into the same thing. If they don't tell us, we don't know. And I am terrible at reading minds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My crystal ball broke. You know, I mean, I mine got all floggy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, and then the people that say, well, why do you want to know my budget? Well, because yeah. that's what we're working around. And it's not that we're trying to get into their bank account. It's not that we're being nosy. It's that we want to help them and stay within budget. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's no sense showing somebody an $18,000 refrigerator when they're thinking about a thousand dollars. I right, mean, right. you're wasting their time and everybody else's time. Yeah. And so that's why we want to know. Yeah. And, budgets. you know, for the people who are saying, yeah, but we don't know, we know what our budget should be. A lot mm -hmm. of times we will help them by mm -hmm. saying, okay, what do you want? And let's just give it a mid price. Yep. And sometimes what, you know, your idea is maybe, um, uh, and like I got to say, pictures help. So if oh, they you do. show your designer a picture of what you want, she can kind of, or he can kind mm -hmm. of guess, well, it's going to cost this much for the furniture, uh, for the paint, for the rugs, for the accessories, for this and that. And then we give you a guesstimate and then we work from there, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Or you throw out a number and you see how they react. Yeah. You know, like Sometimes you're, you have you're to pull probably looking off at the floor. 150,000 to 250,000. Yeah. Yeah. And if they seem very calm, you you know that that's what they're thinking. If they, you know, like, oh my gosh. Well, I mean, you're being realistic. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be. So yeah. Okay, let's move on cuz I have a ton of questions that okay. I People ask me, and I think, okay, I'm just going to save them for you. Should the <laughs> doors and window trim and the baseboards all be painted to match the wall color? Generally, no. That was a thing we used to do back in the 80s. Um, but generally, people, if they spend the money on trim, you know, casings and all the baseboards and all that kind of stuff, they generally... It's a it's a big thing, so you you want it to show. So it'll either be in a stain, or it'll be a different paint to contrast the walls. Okay. Well, I don't. I just <laughs> thought of this. It popped in my head. What? But a lot of times the doors are painted white. So I say, well, then you match the trim to the doors. Correct. But I had one client who said, but I don't like the doors. They're wood color. I want white. Do you ever mix and match? You what? can, yeah. you can, but then I would say, then let's paint the doors because. Yeah. 
because I think that continuity is important in the room. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you end up with too many, I want to say focal points, but really yes. distractions. Distractions is better. What happens is your mind's eye doesn't know where to focus. And so it right. looks at this and then it looks at that. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't even know what I'm looking at anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Where, it's not flowing. Right. So what you want is when you walk into a room and you feel comfortable, you don't know why you feel comfortable, but it just feels nice. Yeah. That's that's the goal. So when we get calls years later down the line and people say, you know, I still just love my home and it's so comfortable and everybody comes in and they just love being here, but I feel like I need a change. Um, so we'll go in and, you know, it'll be a little fluff up here, or maybe a little change of a pillow. Maybe we'll change some foliage, but, um, you know, when the bones are good, the bones are good. Yeah. All it needs is a little uh, cosmetic surgery. That's all. Yeah. 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 And most of our clients are not trend oriented. Um, Most of our clients um, know what they like. They don't care what the trends are. um, And they just know that that's what they're comfortable with. Yeah. And so sometimes it's really challenging because that particular color might not be available in fabrics or wall coverings. And that's hard it's hard to do. It's a real challenge for the designer. It is. Um, it is. And, and I always say this, I never suggest that people follow fads, obviously, because a fad's going to go in and out like the wind. Yeah. Trends are a little bit different, but if you don't particularly care for the trend, there's nobody telling you that you have to do it. Right. But and we can, are, go, go ahead. ahead. There we are can. some trends that I don't like, And so just because somebody's calling it a trend, you don't have to go with it. The goal, I think, and I think, Annette, you'll agree with me, is to be timeless. Yes, absolutely. I always refer to you have that basic little black dress Mm -hmm. and you can dress it up, you can dress it down. But if you have that good, stable part, everything else works. Yeah, so that's a good starting point. And then, like you said, if the customer calls you and says, we love it, but we just need a little frill hair in there, you might just uh, put a plant somewhere where they never had it. So, yeah. Yeah. So what about the ceiling? Should we always paint it white, that fifth wall? Um, Right now, a lot of people are going to white ceilings. Well, they've been there, right? They've always been white. Well, no, a lot of times, um, like in the 2000, in that range, we started doing really crazy things to ceilings. So, you know, we might have it bricked or a stone pattern or put wood up there or upholster it or paint it a different color or add some wood detail and then add maybe some leather and maybe some nail heads or, I mean, more involved. Again, it's depending upon the room. When you walk in, you you want that feeling of comfort. You want that feeling of somebody giving you a hug, you know, just how good that feels. And but we have had clients that have had really bad eye problems. And no matter what you do, you got to have a white ceiling. Because oh. you need that light reflection the to come reflection. back down on them. Oh. Um, we've tried a lot of different things, and it the white ceiling is 
the best when you have to deal with getting light back down. That's not a discolored light. Now, does that um, does that rule go for eight foot ceilings as well as fourteen foot ceilings? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it but it depends on the size of the room then too. Yeah, because then sometimes you want to bring that ceiling down. Sometimes you want to bring that ceiling up. Um, and you can do that with color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. saw a picture the other day where they said, oh, this is in. Do you remember? I think it was in the 50s where they would have the in a bedroom. And I'm just going to slide right into the bedroom for a second. Sure. Uh, they'd have the wallpaper, the window treatments, oh, and yes. bed covers all. You know, you walk <laughs> in there and you go, okay, where's the bed? So oh, yeah. now they're saying this is back in. So they had a living room. With the couch, the pillows, and the walls, and the window treatments all matching oh. in the same fabric. Mm-hmm. I thought, this looks like a circus. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Would you go back to doing that? No. Yeah. No. It's overwhelming. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's overwhelming, and it's just, like, a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's good for people who can't decide what to use for the fabric. <laughs> yeah. Let's just do this every place so that I don't have to yeah. decide. Yeah. Well, there are some people that, that do say that and we're like, no, we, we, we'll show you how we can pull this together and not have to use the same fabric everywhere. Well, so uh, a lot of people have artwork. I noticed that that's the big thing uh, since last year. Should the wall color match the artwork? No. No? No. The artwork is the artwork. It doesn't even have to go with the furniture and stuff in the room artwork if it's if it's something that you love and you just really really love it you just incorporate it in and it doesn't it doesn't have to be matching anything um you always want to get a feeling that you have similar coordinating things that kind of go around you don't want to have like a lot of real dissimilar things because then it gets kind of joggy in your brain but um artwork is very 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 personal very personal yeah i would never give a gift of artwork to somebody that's either unless it was something that they had already chosen and then i went and purchased it and gave it to them but i would never Unless it was an original, like an original, original, I'll take it. (laughs) But I'm not picky. Okay, let's move on to my next question. Do you use oriental rugs in your designs? Yes, over and over, whether it's traditional, transitional, contemporary. um, An oriental rug is kind of like a general term, like Kleenex, you know, um, there's a lot of different patterns, colors, textures that fall into that oriental rug grouping. Mm-hmm. And I like to work with um, Azadi, Brad from Azadi, because he understands, um, um, how do I say this? Um, he understands what we're trying to get to for the end result. So, it's really nice working with a company like that that will bring out things and you can try them and you can show the client how this changes the room this way or if we put this rug down, 
you can change it to this, or you put this rug down and you can change it to that. And they get amazed at just the difference that can happen with just that rug. Yeah. Um, so, so for people who've never uh, shopped for area rugs, if you go to a good company, they will let you take it and try it in your room, and absolutely, then you can return it. Absolutely, because and they'll hard. bring it out. Yeah. They'll move all the furniture. Yeah. They put it down. I mean, it's it's definitely a really nice way to buy a rug, and they're expensive. You you know you. I was going to say it's a big investment and could also go into your estate. That's how expensive some of them are. Exactly. Exactly, Nancy. Mm -hmm. So now we have the rug on the floor, but uh, let's talk about coffee tables. Where in front of the couch and how big should the coffee table be in proportion to the couch? This is one (laughs) of my questions. questions. Generally speaking, and of course it it always changes, but generally speaking, we try to have 18 inches from the edge of the sofa to the start of the cocktail table. That gives you plenty of room to be able to stretch out your legs. If somebody is sitting next to you, you can kind of get around them, you know, with... If you know them. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to get up and down to put your drink down on the cocktail table or to reach for some snacks or something. I mean, you want to make it convenient. The size kind of varies depending upon what else goes around that sofa. Um, So you might have, you know, two chairs on each side. So all of a sudden that cocktail table becomes much larger um, because they want to share the cocktail table with those other chairs. Sometimes there's you know, maybe just one chair here and maybe there's two chairs over here. Then you can get away with a smaller cocktail table. Sometimes it's a bunching table. Like you would have, you know, two or three smaller tables kind of clustered together um, because people like to be able to move things around. Um, But generally speaking, um, you kind of do it just to the sofa. So if it's a seven foot sofa and it's 84, um, I usually take off like kind of eight inches on each side, you know, to kind of get it inside the arms of the sofa. Mm-hmm. And just depending upon how deep you want it, sometimes your room isn't big enough. And so you you can only have a little one or sometimes people want, you know, I really want the ottoman, but I want a cocktail table. So will do a, a tufted or tight top ottoman that they can put a tray on it and use it as both. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a very good idea. Yeah. Well, let's take a break and talk about Studio 41. As I say every week, Studio 41 is my go-to for all of my fixtures, my bath fixtures and kitchen fixtures, plumbing items. And also they have the best selection of uh, cabinetry handles. So definitely visit their show, their uh, website, shopstudio41.com, has a great selection of their items. Uh, They have one showroom in Scottsdale, which is my hangout, and the other 13 are in Illinois. So if you don't live in Illinois or if you don't live in Scottsdale or Phoenix, then you've got to go shop on their website. But they have a lot of great items. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to, and you're nodding your head because you agree with me, right? Yes, I know. <laughs> Seriously, their hardware, hardware selection is the best in the world I've ever seen. Me too. Me oh, too. It's like you can spend hours looking. Yeah. Um, so 
you know that big question, do you put a lot of pillows on your couch or do you just <laughs> put two or three or do you put any of them? Um, we always suggest pillows. Um, most times men don't like the pillows and the women do. Women sit usually shorter than men and a lot of women use the pillows behind them. Um, there's nothing that really can that you can add for inexpensive money to make a big change in a room. Pillows will do that. So if you add color and texture, those pillows will make the room? Yep. Yep. Uh, I can't tell you how many times that's all we've done in a room was changed out the pillows. And people are like, I can't believe that made that much of a difference. Oh, yeah. I think it does. You know, it, it really does. And most people don't like that. Um, that style of sofa that was just all kind of multi-pillows in the back. Most people don't like that style. But the kind that have regular back cushions or a tight back, and then you do like anywhere from four to five, six pillows on the sofa, depending upon how it looks, um, it makes a huge difference. You can take just a plain nothing sofa and jazz it up with pillows between the fabric, the trim, the size. Um, it it can make a room. I think it does. So now I think those, those pillows that have the pearls and the sequins and the tassels, <laughs> and, they're not functional pillows. They're totally no. like, don't touch them. Yeah. Those I only use on a bed. Yeah. I don't put those on a sofa because they they don't perform. And they're not comfortable when you put it behind your back. They got all these little pearls sticking in your back. Yeah, they are not. So I'll only do that kind of stuff in an area that they're not really using the pillows. That is just there for decorative use. Yeah. Uh, Oh, while we're on pillows, what do you think of different shapes on the same couch? Round, rectangular, square? Oh, I think it's fun. Yeah. I think it's fun. Not everybody likes it, but it's a fun look. And again, it can... It can really change, change the look. Yeah. I guess really, if you're very traditional and very uh, formal, you'd probably not use that. Right. Yeah. That's what I I think. It would be more refined. Yeah. It would be more refined. But most of our clients aren't, they they have traditional, but they're um, not formal. Okay. So let's talk about the ceilings. I I have a big question. I don't particularly care for lamps. Mm-hmm. And so can you do away with lamps and use ceiling lights instead? Um, <clears throat> yes, you can. But ideal lighting in a room is layers. And we try okay. to get three layers of light. Your ceiling, your midpoint, and your lamps. It helps fill the room. It helps um, just, just the way the light works. You have different light temperatures, Um, you know, like your ceiling light is generally more for um, task and just to give some just general over lighting, Um, soffit lighting, indirect lighting gives more atmospheric, and then table lamps, um, because a lot of people like the idea of the lamps, everybody hates cords, (laughs) and we need cords to do the lamps, I mean, it's 
Well, they do have lamps battery operated. I have a client who does not like cords, but unless she uses the light on her phone while she's sitting there reading, um, those lamps are kind of ugly. I hate to tell you guys, but somebody should come up with really better looking lamps that are battery operated. I agree because there's not, there's not much choice. Yeah. Oh, start a new business. I only have a few more questions. Okay. Um, because then I know you have to go. So <laughs> let's talk about fans. You know, ceiling fans used to come in white and then dark wood-like. Yeah. What color should oh. it match the ceiling or should it match the furniture if they have wood? What do we do with the fan? That's real personal again. Um, some people like the fans to just disappear. So then we go kind of to the ceiling color. So whether it's white or biscuit or something like that um more people are going with more decorative fans so they will be either a metal or they'll be a wood but they're cleaner fans than what fans used to look like like fans with the old light kits with that bowl underneath it and all that kind of stuff or the arms that come up and the little shades and stuff those those fan blades that look like paddles and as if it came from the uh, grass hut in africa yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, and (laughs) who had that and when she moved in and she said that's the first thing that's going Yeah, and they're not attractive when the when they're turned off because here in Arizona we have a lot of dust. And yeah, you turn oh, yeah. off the fan and you go, Oh my gosh. Yes. And talking <laughs> about Arizona, really... fans are almost a necessity here they because are. it's so hot. And I'm sure they do them in Florida um or in the warmer areas of the United States. I'm yep. sure they don't need the fans in North Dakota where you're working now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know. Light kits have come a long way. Um, a lot of fans now have an integrated light, so it's not anything hanging down. It's just kind of part of the housing, and they they work really nice. Yeah. In a bedroom, they're really nice to have a light on it to just give that extra light when you need it. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to have it on all the time, but it is nice to have that additional light in the room. Totally agree. I have one last question. Okay. I keep reading that, um, oh, everything should be organic and uh, plants are coming back. And I didn't think plants left. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Do you put, and I like plants in a room, but I think Mm -hmm. there's there's a uh, time when you should stop buying plants and filling your living room to look like a greenhouse. I agree. Plants could be a decorative item as well as helping the oxygen in the air. Do you decorate with plants? Yes. Yes, definitely. Most of them are artificial because most of our clients are seasonal and there's no way to really take care of the plants. So they might have like one or two real plants like in their kitchen. And then when they leave um, to go back to wherever, when we're having our summer, they either give it to their cleaning lady or they throw them out. Yeah. I like the artificial plants because you just need canned dust to yes. blow the dust yes. off. That can of I, air. <laughs> yeah, canned air. I have a client who is, she's got allergies and she'd be allergic to the spores in a real plant. 
Sure. And so the artificial um, fill the bill. So I mm -hmm. think if anybody out there has allergies and you still want to feel that, hey, I've got a plant here, you know, you can still talk to a fake plant. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a good way to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Plus, well, you don't have the mess of watering and that's true. And seeing it die. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I want to talk about monogram appliances. Um, I'm getting excited to see what they're going to come out with when I go to uh, the Kitchen and Bath Show in Vegas at the end of the month, like I said last week. Um, but monogram has great appliances. I use them all the time. They have smart appliances and they do have apps where you can uh, control your appliances with the app. And, you know, it, mm -hmm. not necessarily do you have to use the app to turn your oven on while you're sitting in the living room watching TV, because who does that? But <laughs> it, it was brought to my attention that the app of an oven actually gets um, updated all the time and they're always adding new recipes. So if you're mm -hmm. a cook, it's nice to know that you can say, hey, everything is programmed in there with my app. It's a smart appliance, a little bit smarter than us. And so you might give that a thought when you're remodeling your kitchen or um, redoing your appliances. So you can find out more by going to monogram.com. Or I always suggest that you go to your local showroom that carries monogram and mm -hmm. see them in person and possibly somebody can show you how they work. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this has been a joy. Have you had fun? I've had a great time. <laughs> Good, I, I always that. have fun with you, Nancy. <laughs> I know. Well, I can't wait till you come back and we can talk about bedrooms. So stay tuned for that. And I won't tell you when that's going to happen. Okay. But I hope everybody enjoyed today's show and got a lot out of it. I know I did. Oh, good. Thank you. And, and I'm sure your dog did, too. Yeah. <laughs> Barking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and everybody out there, share them with your friends. That's the only way this podcast is going to get to everybody. We educate people. We talk about design. We talk about products. Where else can you find that? That's right. Yeah. If you, you as a host, is, you're the best. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome. If you have any, there goes my voice. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you have any questions for me or for Annette, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. So stay safe. Have a you great too. day. Annette, thank you for joining me. And thank we'll you, talk nancy. to you again. Okay. Blessings to you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.